Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome inside the Celtics Life Podcast. I'm Luis Gonzalez here with Mark Allison. And for the off-season, we're changing things up a bit while the NBA shuts down for the summer. We'll cover the week's big events and whatever basketball-related action we can find that might impact the Celtics, since we know that's why we're all here. Things might get a bit weird with all of us in basketball withdrawal, but we know you're all going through it too. But between free agency, the draft, which just passed, Summer League, which is coming up next week, and training camp, we'll have at least one pod for you every week. This week, we're talk, We're doing post-draft stuff. I know we, we had a little bit of a draft podcast a few days ago, but we're going to get into it a little bit more before we move on to free agency, which is coming up in five days. But before we get into that, just want to say, I'm here with Mark. How's it going, Mark? What's going on, buddy? Uh, everything's going well so far. Uh, we, I think we had a pretty decent draft. What do you think? Just general, general, general thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I thought they they were definitely successful. I mean, I, I like Tatum, so I like that pick. I think um, they're in the second round they did pretty well. However many of those guys end up on the team, I think Ojale is going to stay. But, uh, I mean, we'll, I think it depends on the roster space for the other guys. Yeah, for sure. But before we get into Ojale, let's talk about Tatum a little bit more. I like the pick, too. A lot of people are, or a few people, at least, I don't want to say a lot of people, but a few people are making this uh, Paul Pierce comparison, which I can definitely see. Sort of same body type, uh, same score mentality. He's got he, that herky, herky-jerky, uh, you know, movement. He's yeah, yeah. Deceptive, deceptively gets to spots. And and i got to be honest, I've been watching a lot of highlight videos of him on YouTube over the past few days, and I mean, I really, really, really like what I see. This is a guy that can obviously score at will sometimes, and he can definitely get to the basket. I don't think he he's not just a jump shooter uh, because I think, it, especially in the NBA now, you need somebody that can both get to the rim, shoot mid-range, and shoot from three. And I think Jason Tatum fits all three of those with, and well, since he will be on the Celtics, you know that the Celtics pride themselves on their defensive mentality. I think he has the body to be able to sort of transition into this sort of defensive stopper slash go-to score kind of guy. Yeah, I mean, he's and like Stevens loves the versatility. He loves guys that can play multiple positions. So Tatum, you know, for a defense that relies on switching so heavily like ours does, um, to have a guy that can guard like one through four and then still you know, most centers in this league aren't huge anymore anyway. So, I mean, he can definitely, with a 6'11 wingspan, get in, you know, just about anybody's face on a shot. Um, yeah. and, I, and I think the thing with Tatum that's, that's great is um, he's, he's, he's developed into, like, we were talking about this on Friday on the podcast, and that coming out of high school, he didn't really have a three-point shot. And he spent this season at Duke working on it, extending his range. I mean, he shot just under 35%, you know, for a guy that wasn't even working on that shot until this past year. I think that's, that's speaks volumes to, you know, him putting in a lot of work and, and improving in that department, you know, and, and that's from a step up from high school to college, obviously is another step in stone next year, but I, I just, I like the kid's attitude and I like his, his worth work ethic a lot. No, yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll bet you that that was a huge thing. Um, for Ainge, both Ainge and Stevens. And he's young. This kid is 19. I think right. a lot of people, you know, a lot of scouting guys, fans, just generally everybody kind of get wrapped up in this, well, this guy isn't this, 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 and that right now. And it's like, well, he's 19 years old. Yeah, exactly. He has a lot of time to develop. I mean, most players aren't great, great until they're in their mid to late 20s. And most players, 
even the great ones aren't winning championships until they're what, like 20? When did Michael Jordan win his first championship? It was 20, 28, maybe, I think. Late, so late. Basically, the point is these players have a long time to develop, and it's it'll be at least four four to five years before you reach full potential. Yeah, exactly. The thing, the thing I think is good about Tatum, too, is, and, and to the point that you said, about the age too. Look at Josh Jackson, the guy who, the other guy who was kind of like the thought of, you know, possible pick at number three there. He's a over a year older than Tatum. So that may not seem like a big deal, but when at that age, it, it really is a big deal. You know, I mean, the difference between 26 and 27 might not be huge, but you know, 19 and 20 is, is a big difference in terms of, you know, a player's development. No, but, no. but I think that like, like you said, it's going to take him years to develop. Sure. But there's one thing that he's already really good at. He's already score, right? He can get he can get a shot off just about anywhere because of his height, because of his he just has that knack for for getting to space, getting open. And we needed guys that can do that. We looked at how many times last year um Isaiah had to be the guy at the end of the game and if they're not running some ridiculous play that Stevens drew up, he's the only guy that was able to get his shot off and he's freaking 5'9", 5'10", you know. Yep. So it's 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 I don't know, pretty pretty crazy that um uh that we have you know it's just nice to get another guy that can do that you know no yeah absolutely I mean the narrative most of the seat most of last season was the Celtics need two things to be able to compete they need a rebounder and a go to score well we have we pick somebody that's a go to score and I mean he averaged seven point three rebounds in college which yeah, is he's no slouch on the boards either so no right, exactly. exactly. And he put up two assists per game. Mm-hmm. Not bad. And I just, yeah, good. A little, a, a steal a game. And a right. block a game. I mean, yeah. this is, these are solid numbers. So I, I, I don't know why. I think it, it became a, if you're not picking Markel Fultz or Josh Jackson, you're, the, pick, the, the guy you're picking is good, but not great. And I don't know if, if that makes any sense considering the numbers that somebody like Jason Tatum and other guys in the draft that went after, uh, that went after Markel and Josh and, and Lonzo. Uh, all, I mean, you can make the argument that the top 20 guys are, they're good players with some like really stellar players like the guys in the top five. Mm-hmm. But I, it's a good pick. And I, I like it, for sure. Yep. You were going to say something. I'm sorry. Agreed. No, no, no. Well, what I was going to say was, um, like, as far as Fultz goes, I, I was big in Fultz. I wanted Fultz. And the thing that I thought was good about him was he was a polished scorer that could come in and at least provide something. You know, if he came off the bench and was a scoring threat, that you know, he could do something. And I think Tatum can do that as well. You yeah. know, I mean, and he's probably going to get limited minutes early, just the same way Jalen Brown did last year. And obviously, depending on trades and whatnot and how the roster goes, this is going to depend on how many minutes there are to go around anyways. But yeah. I still think he can be valuable in that asset, in, in that, you know, he can, being a polished scorer, I'd say he's almost just as much, just as polished as Fultz, you know? So, yeah, I think offensively. Yeah, his development will definitely hinge on what moves we do or do not make right this offseason. If we make a big splash, we may need him to play a little bit more to compensate for some of the players that right, he actually might get. Exactly. So, I mean, I guess in, in that regard, I think everybody should hope that we make a big move. Obviously, we're going to have to say bye to somebody like probably somebody like Jay Crowder, maybe even Marcus Smart. I know you don't want to hear that. Uh, yeah, I don't want to hear that. But yeah, no, no. <laughs> obviously, you're bringing in stars. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. No, but yeah, speaking of Jay Crowder, the third, with the 37th pick, and again, we're gonna just going to, we're going to touch on this and well, towards the middle end of the, of the pod, we're going to talk about the Paul George stuff that we've had some more recent developments with all that and the Cavs coming in, Nuggets, uh, all this crazy stuff. So we'll talk about that. But yeah, so with the 37th pick, the Celtics pick Semi Ojale, who we were talking about this before we actually started recording, looks a lot like Jay Crowder. And I think you said, or you mentioned that he would probably be sort of an insurance pick just in case the Celtics decide to part with Jay Crowder in some sort of trade for God knows who. Yeah, I just, I think, um, I think they took him 
basically because he was the best player available, or at least arguably the best player available at um at 37. But at the same time, he if, if there was some kind of seismic trade and got shook up and we lose a couple of our key defenders and guys like that, um, the same way Tatum can come in and, and be a threat offensively, um, Ojale is a 3 and D guy that just might be able to do that stuff like almost almost immediately, you know? He's a good defender. He's really physical. He's almost Jay Crowder with Marcus Smart's, um, you know, uh, size in terms of his um, thickness. So, and and he can shoot. So, I, I mean, he, this guy's he's going to be a good NBA player, and uh, I think they got a steal at thirty-seven. Just just in case uh, you don't know, uh, Semi Ojale is six seven and weighs two thirty-five. Yeah, so, so he's he's, uh, he's got a nice frame. Yeah, that's for sure. And his numbers aren't way off from at least points and rebounds wise from the numbers that Jason Tatum puts up. Semi averaged eighteen point nine and six point eight rebounds per game. Mm-hmm. Also, numbers that aren't easily dismissible. Right, and so, so, right, he can score. And, and yeah, you put that with with his frame. Yeah, you have a, you definitely have a two way player in the making. Right. At at worst, I'd say he's a three and D guy, and you know, obviously, the level of how good he is at that depends. But at best, he becomes an even better scorer than that. You know. So, he, what do you uh, think of the Celtics potentially trotting out him alongside Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown? Yeah, we'll have another we'll have another ridiculous uh, D lineup for sure. But. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I mean, but it, he can score is the difference, mm, right? Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. And Jalen Brown showed hints of being able to get get to the rim for sure, not being afraid to get to the rim. Mm-hmm. So having two guys, two out of three guys that can get to the rim with Marcus Smart apparently working on his three point shot, I won't believe it until I see it in a game. I, I saw those. Did you see that video of him? I shooting, saw. He was shooting those Steph Curry uh, bombs, or or maybe he was just practicing his half court heaves. You know, you know how much he loves the the but, uh, buzzer beater heaves. But remember what happened? Was it last year during this during the winter storm? He was in the gym working on a shooting, shot, yeah, for like a week or two. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna get my one up, and then <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what the thing is with him though, and the little Marcus Smart side tangent here, he. He shoot what did he shoot like twenty eight percent last year, uh, a step up from the twenty three percent he shot the year before. Something like that. Yeah, something bad. But um, <laughs> it, it's like if if he just shot like he doesn't even have to be like an elite three point shooter. If he just shot like thirty three percent or like close to thirty five, uh, he would be so much so much more effective. It's no absolutely. And, and I mean, you know, I, I I don't know. I don't think it's this work ethic thing. I, it seems like he's putting in work. I think he needs to find a new shooting coach or something. I, I don't know. I'm surprised the Celtics haven't found him somebody to help him figure that out because he would be, uh, I mean, I, he, would, he would be so much more, you know, so much more valuable if if he was just a little bit more competent shooting from the outside. Yeah, Marcus Smart with a... With he's about 35%. He'd be, you know, it, uh, the points difference would be remarkable. I don't even know the numbers, but it would be ridiculous. Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Marcus Smart, with his defensive capabilities right now, with a knockdown mid-range jumper and 33% from three is like a top 30 guy in the league. Yeah, I mean, he's... For, he, like, for sure. He'd be nice if he could hit some more threes. Come on, Marcus. Yeah, like, he, he, just do it, man. Just, <laughs> you just take the ball and you put it in the in the net and that's it go from there and do that shoot why don't you just shoot 50 percent from three that'd be nice that'd be (laughs) (laughs) but anyway uh the Celtics picked up two more guys with their remaining two picks uh Kadeem Allen from Arizona and uh Jabari Bird from Cal uh we were talking about before the pod started we talk about a lot of things before we actually start recording uh but Kadeem Allen seems his scouting report sort of emulates uh, Jordan Mickey's a little bit, a uh, good defender, so on and so forth. But I think both of these guys are going to be casualties of the roster crunch that I am assuming we are going to have. Yeah, I mean, this I, summer, for like sure. you said before, barring some kind of seismic 
I mean, I, I and I'm also not exactly sure how the the new swing contracts are going to work with the the G League and uh, uh, the NBA guys. You're you're gonna, their teams are going to be able to have two more guys on the roster that are there. So yeah. perhaps that is um, a way that we hang on to those guys. Or if there is some sort of seismic trade where where we do lose three or four bodies in a deal, um, then there there you know there obviously may be room you know, but um, I you know that remains to be seen. Obviously, well, I mean these guys are both seniors. I I think they're both like. Allen's 24 and a half and um, Jabari Bird is, I, I, I'm not exactly sure. I think he's 23 or 24 too. Um, so, you know, it, kind of strange, I guess, to, to be picking guys. I, I guess maybe perhaps being the Celtics in the position they're in, you want guys that are ready to play sooner than later. Like we're not a project team like, say, Orlando, you know, yeah. where – like Orlando rolled the dice on a well, not really rolled the dice. It was a kind of a slam dunk pick, but a, but a Jonathan Isaac, a guy that I was intrigued with at number three. Although I'm glad we took Tatum, but Isaac projects to be a guy that's you know going to take a couple of years to develop, whereas Tatum can probably do a few things for you right off the rip. You know, yeah, for sure. And you know, who knows? Isaac could end up being one of the best players out of this draft, but it's going to take a few years for him to even be you know good enough to stay on the court consistently, at least for a team like the Celtics. I just want to read uh, the scouting report. The, the Ringer did this really good job. This like draft, yeah, guide. The draft guide. It's 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 really remarkable. Yeah, the Ringer does a a lot of great things. But I just want to read, uh, or I just want to basically summarize what the Ringer said about uh, Jabari Bird. Basically, he was a top twenty-five player in the class of two thousand thirteen, but injuries limited mm-hmm. him, which is a story we hear. Time and time and time and time again. I mean, it's the case with Harry Giles, who we're going to talk about in a second. Uh, Harry Giles was, I mean, they were projecting this guy to be a lottery pick. But all these knee injuries set him back more and more and more to the point where he he went from potential lottery pick to 20th. So it's promising. to. I, I think the, the just the common theme and just to sort of wrap up with these draft picks is that it doesn't seem like the Celtics struck out at all. At the very least, especially with these last two guys, they picked up guys who could be solid rotation players, even if they're only playing 40 games a year. If if they're uh, playing for the Celtics and not in the G League. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's that's one thing to sort of, come away with that all of these guys especially obviously the top two guys and the and the last two guys can all seem like they all can contribute Mm -hmm. in one way or another where whether it's defensively with semi or just putting up points here and there with a guy like jabari bird so i i saw i forget where it was i think it was on espn uh somebody gave the celtics a a c for a draft grade, a C is that right? A C, no, no, no. I'm, 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 no, I'm, they, I'm, no, no, no. I, that's actually not right. They gave them a D. Was that including like trading down from Fultz? Like, did yeah, they that, factor- that was that was after? after no, but all. I mean, did they factor that as part of the draft, or did they just say they were taking the pick at three? So the justification for giving them a D was the fact that they didn't get Jimmy Butler. Oh, that's lame because yeah, it's that, stupid. Um, I I disagree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just well, they had all these picks, <clears throat> and look at and look at look at this now. I mean, now granted, I originally wanted Fultz, but look at the situation that we're in now. You know, we've so we've traded we traded the pick. We got another top player in this draft, right? In Tatum, who could very well end up being the best player in the draft. Who knows? You know, um, yeah. but. And then next year, a draft that's it, like as highly touted as the top of this draft was, this draft was pretty even throughout. You know, like they said, like the top 10 guys, you could really move them around a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Um, whereas next year, there's like five guys that are like ridiculous. And we could have yep. potentially two top five picks in that draft. I mean, that's, that's crazy. And when you start thinking about like um, the, the, me and you were talking about this before. So the, so the Warriors made a deal with um, – was it the Nuggets? No, uh, Chicago. 
for for okay, it was Chicago. They bought the thirty eighth pick, the pick right after we took Odoi. They and they got Jordan Bell, and which was another guy that slipped pretty far. Yeah, I was saying that he was. Th- this guy's a, an inc- a yeah. steal, a, a total steal. I don't. Yeah, and I don't disagree with you at all. The so they added that guy for a, a team that's stacked like them. They don't have many roster options. You look at all the the problems that the Cavs are having right now because they can't add more guys around LeBron because you know they've already traded their picks. They can't. They were they're finding difficulty adding pieces as they they think they need to to get over the Warriors, which is true. Yep. Now, so the Warriors found a way to get, uh, you know, a guy late in the second round who they, or um, beginning, middle of the second round, who, they, you know, they think can help their team. And you look at what we're going to be doing. Let's say the Celtics do make a Paul George, Gordon Hayward move, and we end up with both of those guys, right? Not only, so we have a young Jalen Brown and a young Jason Tatum, probably being bench role players, but, and then adding two more guys like that next year. It's like you're you're using your future superstars as role players as they grow into their roles. It's it's pretty incredible. Yeah, no, I agree one hundred percent. And granted, I don't want to get carried away with the Hayward stuff, but you know, it's let's say best case scenario. Yeah, that's best case scenario, right? If and and if not, and if it doesn't work out, we still have these four young guys. It's I don't know. Yeah, the the whole thing with with Danny Ainge supporters and haters is that they see they see our situation. They see a team that was in the Eastern Conference Finals, has the number one pick, and doesn't use it to acquire a superstar. But on the other hand, we acquire that superstar, and those same people that are that are saying we should make a, pick, a trade for a superstar will say that we're still not good enough to, to beat the Cavs in a seven-game series. It doesn't make any sense at all. Okay. Regardless of what we do, we're... S- quote quote unquote still not good enough to get past the Cavs because the Cavs are this this team unlike we've ever seen before and apparently they're totally unbeatable mm-hmm. doesn't yeah. matter if we have Paul George Gordon Hay- so I don't it, like the defeatist mentality and, and no. don't get me wrong I, I understand we weren't going to beat the Cavs this year but even just adding a Gordon Hayward if that's all we did this offseason don't you think that's a big huge step in the right right direction that's I mean, enormous we're certainly a lot closer than we were last year yeah, it's you, know? you have a bona fide all star, right? And you have a second year Jalen Brown, and, right? Who showed flashes of being able to really do something for the Celtics. Yeah, and 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 at the same, and we added Tatum, right? Another guy who projects to hopefully be an all star down the line. And then we got two picks next year, or hopefully two picks next year. If not, we get one the following year. You know? Yeah. If if the Celtics manage to, let's say that the that Brooklyn is bad again and we somehow get the number one pick again mm-hmm. best case scenario again mm-hmm. and the lakers and and if it's if it's any of those picks in the top five you know it's yeah it yeah. would be just huge but it, imagine yeah let, let's say the lakers just make incremental improvements and with with lonzo ball so we and, get the fourth pick from them or something yeah, like that. yeah. having the I mean, has anybody ever had the number one and the number four pick in this yeah. draft? Well, ever? I mean, I'm sure they have, but it's at the same time. Like, that's nuts. Nuts. We could have number one and number two. It's possible. It's in play. Oh my god, that, that would be crazy. Any two top five picks next year is going to be ridiculous because the, yeah. although there's five, you know, studs at the top of that draft, any one of those five could be like, you know, the best I, of all if, of them. So, if I'm not mistaken, they're mostly big men. That can yeah, shoot so, three. Yeah, and well, Michael Porter's a big guy. He's five, six eleven, right? And then uh, Bob, that kid from Bamba. Well, Bamba is what seven three, seven two. He has, <laughs> he's got like a seven nine. Yeah, his, his wingspan <laughs> is believable. They, they, they were saying I was reading a report on him, and he is. Uh, they consider him a zero on offense. And he still doesn't matter. He's still like the third best prospect, even yeah. if he had zero offensive game, just yeah. because how effective he's going to be on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I'm really, really, yeah. really, really rooting for him. He's from my neighborhood, so I gotta, I gotta pull, gotta pull for Mobamba. Yeah, 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 he's he's the guy. And yeah, with the wingspan like that, I mean, I'll take any one of them. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, but yeah, basically, Danny is right about everything, and we'll, <laughs> we'll just deal with it, and we'll see. But, uh, but anyway, there were some minor uh, draft night deals that were completed. Uh, the 
Clippers picked up Sandarius Thornwell from South Carolina from the, the Bucks or the Bucks pick uh, in for cash. I, what's up with all these cash trades? I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Well, I don't know. I think when you get to the second round, there, I, I'm not really. I, but I don't want to. That doesn't make any sense, though. Yeah. So uh-huh. it, the, the 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 Bulls traded that pick to the Warriors for cash, right? It was just cash, right? Yeah, it was three. Yeah, which is the most you can you can give for a. Yeah, what I not even like a future second rounder or something like I I don't I don't know why anybody is making trades with the Warriors. Yeah, why would you help them? Uh, (laughs) Like, I I mean, it's not like the the Bulls are some cash, um, uh, you know, cap strapped team. They're not. Yeah, so it doesn't really make any sense to me, but. Whatever. I mean, if that was the Celtics and they traded a pick for cash, don't you think everyone in here over in Boston would be up in arms? No, absolutely. If but they just gave away a pick for money? It's just money? You know? At this at this point, the only two franchises that I would expect to make a, a deal like that are the Knicks and Chicago. <laughs> right. Which is <laughs> probably the two most dysfunctional front offices in, in uh, the NBA, for sure. And the and the Kings. Until... Taking, well, yeah. And, this, right. and and taking the Cavs out of it, too. They don't have a GM right now. So they have the most dysfunctional owner, probably. Yeah. But. Oh, so uh, just speaking of the Kings, they actually traded back. Uh, they traded their 10th pick to the Blazers, who picked up Zach Hollins. And in return, the Kings got the, the uh, 15th pick and the 20th pick, who they used on Justin Jackson and Harry Giles. Well, we spoke about Harry Giles a little bit earlier. This projected lottery pick before last season started and a bunch of knee injuries derailed him. But, and in the first round, they picked up uh, De'Aaron Fox and I forget what their other pick or who their other pick was, but the Kings had a very, very solid draft, if not probably the best draft of any team. They got uh, Justin Jackson at number 15. That was the other pick. No, no, no. Yeah, that's what I said. Justin Jackson, oh, Harry Giles. Oh, you didn't Fox. Oh, okay, yeah. And, and Fox, is a, they had a hell of a draft. And yeah. Fox Fox could be end up being the best player out of this. Um, yeah, that kid is explosive. Yeah, I can't wait to see him play Lonzo in the, in the pros after okay. uh, all the talk. Did you hear what his dad was saying? Yep. Oh, man, that's... I feel like... I, feel, I think he's going to kill him, man. Yeah, for anybody that... Well, so Fox played against UCLA twice in college and both times smoked Lonzo Ball. And um, so they were asking um De'Aaron's dad about his son versus Lonzo Ball and he said tell LeVar Ball my son already ate his ass up twice (laughs) awesome I I love all the the trash talk from the parents yeah no I I see I I I was I I was I'm and LeVar Ball I couldn't stand him at first but he's just reached another level where it's almost like he's so nuts that you almost have to like him like yeah. not like him. It's not like I'm rooting for the kid all of a sudden or anything. But just it's it's really admirable that you could be that much of an ass. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so far, right? He, he Lonzo was going to the Lakers. He was right. You know, crazy, crazy, <sighs> crazy, crazy. Whatever. Yeah. Well, I, I'm sure at one point this off season we're gonna have to. I know this is a Celtics podcast. But we'll have to dedicate an entire podcast to to LeVar Ball. Yeah, we'll see what he does. And yeah, he's he's gonna do something, <laughs> especially with his with his other two kids, who he said are also going to the Lakers. Apparently, yeah. So he's either saying one of two things: either the Lakers are gonna be so bad that they'll be in the lottery, <laughs> be in the lottery, <laughs> or his kids are just not gonna be that good. Yeah, or his yeah, or his kids are gonna be awful, and they're he gonna did say. Did you hear what he said though? He what? said that I have three sons. Two of them, one of them's not going to make the NBA, right? And he even told the middle son, it's going to be you. <laughs> he's like, he told him, it's, it's going to be you. He said, good thing he's a good-looking kid, though. He could be a model or something. Oh, my God. <laughs> Imagine saying that. <laughs> that that uh, family's nuts. He's but... so crazy, you almost have to respect it. Oh, <sighs> man. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the, the Rockets picked up. A future second round pick uh, in exchange for the 45th pick that the Grizzlies used to pick Dylan Brooks. Full disclosure, I am an Oregon fan, uh, and I was a big fan of Dylan Brooks. I know people were projecting him to be a middle to late second round guy. So, uh, very least, this this guy is a good shooter, great shooter from three for sure. Uh, he did improve over time. Uh, defensively, he's okay. 
but he he has that like sort of I hate to say this, but like sort of like Kobe esque killer instinct. Kobe esque. Kobe esque. Yes, that's a that's a new that's a new word for the day. Uh, Kobe esque killer instinct, where he just kind of wants to like rip your head off and just get at you. So I think it was a good pick. Uh, Dylan Brooks again. I'm sorry, not Dylan Brooks. Jordan Bell to Oregon guys going to the Warriors for some reason in exchange for three <laughs> three and a half million. Uh, cash, cash money uh, to Chicago. Again, a guy slipped like crazy. I don't know why after the tournament that he had. This guy, I feel like he a- averaged like 20 blocks per game. I think it was closer to like three or four. Mm-hmm. Great, great defensive player. Uh, kind of just like sort of hovers around the rim. So in today's NBA it's a little bit difficult to be that style of player, but if he develops a jump shot, it's a solid pick for uh, world champion Warriors. Yeah, it's a way for them to add some size, right? And and potentially, uh, how how else can they add players these days, you know, besides besides getting those old wily vets on the veteran minimum deals ring chasing? I mean, what was what were the projections for their salary Going, they're going to be paying like well, I don't know if it's next year. I think it's the year after that. They'll be paying like two hundred and fifty million or something like that. Yeah, three hundred. It's a, no, it's going to be close to three hundred million. I think with the with the tax, I, Justin I, would know, but I, I I did see something on this. It's, they're going to be close to three hundred million dollars. I mean, with all it's like how can you even turn a profit at that level? I'm sure you can. I well, perhaps I don't know. At that point, you would have to be doing it just to say that you're winning championships. Yeah, well, right. With no return on investment. With no return on investment. I mean, I'm not a business guy. I'm I'm horrible with numbers. Justin is the guy for this. But yeah, we always defer to Justin for any numbers at all. Anything at all. Uh, But yeah, that's... It's going to be... It's going to keep coming up. Team is great. One of the best we've ever seen. But damn, that... That money... A lot of money. I wish I had that kind of money. Me too. I wish some. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Anyway, uh, yeah, we had a few more picks. Uh, draft day trades. Uh, the Jazz got the 20th pick, who they used on Tony Bradley in exchange for the 30th and 42nd picks of the Lakers, who picked Josh Hart and Thomas Bryant, respectively. Thomas Bryant will obviously be the next Kobe Bryant, so that's probably why they picked him. Uh, uh, that was a bad joke, but. Um, the, the Magic uh, picked up a future first round pick for Anz. Oh man, you want to help me here? Anz, 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 Anz. I'm I'm not even going to attempt it. Let's defer to Justin again. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So all in all, I think it was a pretty solid draft. Uh, people were really high on this draft in general, and I, I'm, I feel like everybody besides. The Chicago Bulls came away pretty happy with most of their picks. But anyway, moving on. There's a lot of stuff about this guy named Paul George, who was apparently linked to the Celtics like 400 other players are. Uh, So I think it was yesterday, the day before, there was this report that apparently the, the Cavaliers were talking a trade with... Kevin, let me see if I can get this right. Kevin Love going to the Nuggets. Paul George going to Cleveland. And some Nuggets draft picks and younger pieces going to the Nuggets. Yeah, I think Day was one of them. Yeah, something like that. <clears throat> um, you know, the... Especially, well, before the draft and with all this free agency stuff and all these rumors, it's, like, really hard to sort of narrow down what's what's fact and what's, like, total fiction. I don't... And I, I think it was Brian, Brian Winhorst said that most of the time, three-team three trades are dead in the water. Because right. having yeah all this like cross it's just too many moving parts yeah it's too many moving parts yeah a lot of disagreement so it's like really 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 hard right but I just I uh, what was it um and there was there was another version of this trade with uh, Kevin Love going to 
to the Pacers, and that probably doesn't make any sense because the Pacers... They're going to be rebuilding, right? Yeah, they're rebuilding number one, and they're good at the power forward position. See, that, to me, makes a little more sense than this, only because I think if the Pacers did make that deal, then they could flip Kevin Love and get a return that they wanted from a team that would actually be looking for him. Yeah, I think Rather than trying to work out this three-team trade, I, I, I guess the Nuggets are interested in Love, and... On, on, but it, it doesn't seem like I, apparently Sam and Mick tweeted out today that um, it, this was dead on the water because the Pacers weren't getting enough back. So yeah. the, the the Nuggets were getting a player they wanted in Kevin Love. Um, the Pacers were getting Mudei, somebody else, um, and um, I, what, what's a, a mid first round pick from you know it's a borderline lottery pick with the Nuggets, a team that you think's improving might not even be in the lottery, you know? So is that haul really all that worth it? And then, you know, the Cavs get Paul George, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, uh, I don't know. It just seems, it, 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 and it was said that it, it was the Pacers that declined the trade. So it, it seemed like it was in the Cavaliers and the Nuggets' interest, but Pacers aren't getting enough return on that. What's funny to me is that there was, I don't know if you saw the report a few days ago when the, uh, Jimmy Butler was linked to Cleveland, that... Cleveland players were telling him not to, to, yeah, to, to like, I ask. that's true though. I mean, because you, you'd think they would have wanted him there, no? Yeah, but it's like, all right, so that report is coming out that, yeah, the Cle- the Cavaliers amid their yeah, general manager stuff. Yeah, that the, the, the players. I did see that report too. Yeah, that the players there were telling Jimmy Butler or advising Jimmy Butler. Away. Yeah, to stay away. <laughs> But now they're trying to make a trade for Paul George. Yeah, under the same situation. Right. I mean, I don't under, that doesn't make any sense. This is what I'm. This is why I prefaced all of this by saying, like, you never know which of these rumors mm-hmm. are, are true or hold any weight. Um, and it's usually, it's it usually works out that the trades that nobody was talking about are the ones that end up happening. Right. So, but yeah, so all this Cleveland stuff is a mess. Kevin Love has apparently been on the move. Or been reported to um, getting. Uh, oh my god! I need to get get my words together. He's been part of trade talks for the last what, like three seasons. Who's this, Butler? Oh uh, no! Uh, well, both of them, Kevin oh. Love and Oh Kevin uh, Love, yeah, yeah. Butler. Yeah, so these guys are forever on the move, and yeah. they. Yeah, Kevin Love going back to Minnesota was in the trade talks. Then he got traded to Cleveland, and then was as when they didn't win the title was immediately linked to trade dogs again. The poor guy can't like, <laughs> can't just can't. They won last year. So it's like, Oh, okay. They're not going to trade Kevin Love. They lost again this year. Well, Kevin Love's gone. Yep. <laughs> poor guy. It would be interesting if Kevin Love did end up in Minnesota though. Again. Yeah. Yeah. I, but do you think he would want to though? I don't know. I mean, with Jimmy Butler there and like that. Yeah, new- I mean, I guess it's a different, I mean, it, he never really had anything bad to say about the team. But he was linked with trades for like the last two, three years he was there, so it must get a little infuriating. I swear that Kevin Love is going to end up in like I don't know what's like the most random NBA city. Yeah, it'll, it'll be like, the, uh, the centerpiece of the uh, Orlando Magic or something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something, something just like out of nowhere. But anyway, so yeah, we well, I skipped over this uh, report that. The Celtics have a deal in place with Paul George with an ex- a three-year in- extension in place that's contingent on them signing Gordon Hayward first. Yeah, so we... Yeah. Go ahead. I want to hear your thoughts because Justin right. and I discussed this a little bit on Friday. So <laughs> I think it was two, two days ago I was at the beach with my fiance. And instead of enjoying the beach and, you know, water and all that <laughs> and refreshing sun, I was re- <laughs> I was on Twitter and I saw this uh this long article by this guy that's like a like a he works with the heat or something. I think you may know what I'm talking about. Um Ahmed, like, right? Something Ahmed. Yeah, I think so. But he pulled he put um he put the he put together this article that basically laid out what could happen with the Celtics. And long story short, very long story short, and a lot of complicated numbers that we can't discuss because I'm too stupid to discuss them and I don't know what the hell any of this stuff means. But basically, if the Celtics somehow manage to have Gordon Hayward, Paul George, um, 
Isaiah Thomas and the rest of those guys, minus I think it was Marcus Smart, their payroll with the luxury tax factored in would be over two hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah, we're reaching warrior levels. Yeah, if not at, at warrior levels in a, in a yeah. few. I don't know how that would work, if at all. But well, here's my thing, though. It's if the Warriors are going to do it. I mean, maybe they're not. Maybe they're going to make some deals and move some guys before they get to that level. But I mean, but why not just do it and then figure it out later, right? I, I don't know. That's that's my thought. So it's. All of these numbers are absolutely mind-boggling. I, I'm sure that most Celtics fans can agree that having all of those guys in place, and, and so Paul, Paul George, Gordon Hayward, and retaining at least, let's say, Avery Bradley, and, and well, Isaiah oh, I Thomas. Think, I think Avery Bradley. Bradley's gone if, if we make that deal. There's just not enough minutes to have him yeah. coming off the bench. But having, having a core of Isaiah Thomas, Gordon Hayward and Paul George. That's nice. Yeah, and and, and, I, and Al I Horford. Think, yeah, and Al Horford. And I think for sure you can beat the Cavs with that lineup. Yeah, for sure. And then you, then you know, Jalen Brown can slide into starting role if he has to next year. I, I think he's going to compete with Jay Crowder for the starting role, even if they don't make any big moves. Yeah, but if Jay Crowder is still around. Yeah, that's what I mean. But I'm saying if if this team went in the way they are as of now, I, I think that. At least Brown is going to give Crowder a run for for that spot, you know, and not not a knock on Jay Crowder. Just Jay Crowder can do multiple things. He's still going to probably play thirty minutes a game. Just would be, you know, different a different look at the beginning of the game having the more athletic Brown out there. So I don't think that we're going to be able to afford that two hundred and fifty million dollar a year. No, and I don't think they're going to do that. And I say that because Wick Grosbeck, the owner of the Celtics. His net worth is only four hundred million dollars. So, <laughs> so, 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 probably not. Just going on a limb, he's not going to want to pay an extra one hundred and fifty million dollars a year. Although no. I will say this for Wick, when the Celtics, when we had you know the the '08 team and that run, the years that followed, we were deep in the luxury tax every year. I don't know what the highest they ever got was, but they were, you know, they were pretty deep in there, and he never. Um, stop them from adding guys. Remember, we were trying to get a David West at one point and other yeah. guys, and, and Danny Owens had ways to finagle the cap, and he never shot down any of that stuff. So, I mean, but he the, was never against adding money. But, but the luxury capping implications are much worse now. Were, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I understand that. I'm just, I'm just saying, from, when, from then, I mean, we were one of the teams, the first teams to go that deep into the luxury tax at that time, you know? So, yeah. So I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I, that's that's a ridiculous amount of money, and I still want to see if the Warriors are going to do it. You know, how, how are they going to be able to do that? I have no. I mean, they have all that silver money. Steve, what's what's their owner's name? Oh no, I'm thinking of um, I was Clippers. thinking of the guy that bought the Clippers, Ballmer, right? That's the Steve guy that bought the Clippers. Yeah, the Microsoft guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I don't know what their owner. You know, I'm gonna find out know. right now. We're doing what his net more. worth is. What's his name? Uh oh. Um, Warriors owner. Uh, Lakeup. Joe Lacob. Oh, Joe Lacob. Joe Lacob. Yeah. So and we're gonna find out what his team network. for a long time too. So, or at least since um, you know, for like ten years or so. Anyway. So this this is why he doesn't care. His net worth is one point five billion. Yeah, it's a big difference there. Big difference. Yeah. But at the same time, if the team isn't bringing in at least close to that kind of money, I mean, I'm not sure you're gonna be you know losing fifty million dollars a year. You're gonna be okay with that. And you're not getting a return on it. So I don't know. It, it's uh, I don't know. I, that's why I'm not an owner of a basketball team because I don't yeah, understand the financials that much. I don't. I also don't know. Yeah, what. I don't have any money. So. Yeah, my net worth. <laughs> my net my worth is, worth. is right. <laughs> is, is 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 negative is. debt in college. Thanks a lot. Yeah, it's the lotion. <laughs> the lotion I have on the counter. Right? Yeah, right. I have a half used deodorant. Um, but so yeah, obviously this is in all good fun, but it just and it would be great, but. It's it's hard, and like you have to be realistic about these salary cap applications. But uh, I'm I'm sure <clears throat> I'm sure Danny Ainge and Wick can figure it out. They can figure out all the numbers to make it work. And it's obvious that one thing has to happen before another. Right, like they have they have to sign Hayward first because yeah. then we don't have to send out as many guys. If we yeah. 
if we do it the vice versa and make a deal for George and then sign Hayward, we're gonna have to move way too many bodies. Like, yeah. we're just, you know, it just at that point we'd be destroying, dismantling the whole rest of the roster. Yeah. Besides those four big players, um, I think with the, I think though if you have the opportunity to put this together and it's not gonna cripple the future of the franchise, like we're still keeping the Brooklyn pick and we're still keeping um, the two guys. You know Brown and um, and Tatum, which obviously none of them are going to be in a deal for George. But um, I, I don't know. I I think you do it and you figure it out later. And um, that's just like next year you come to the you know are we going to keep Isaiah or are we going to trade Al Horford? You know you've got to. I don't know. I, I think I think that's you'd have to do it that way and and just because if you can get those guys on your team, I don't see how you can how you can step away from that. That's a scary team. But then oh. there's also the maybe. And maybe, and no one's really. I've, I saw this mentioned briefly, but if these guys took a slight discount, I mean, it's not, it's not unprecedented. The Heat did it, um, you know, back in 2011 or 2010, whatever. It was 2011, right? Um, when yeah. the Super yeah, Team. Yep. Yeah. Um, they all took a, a a relative pay cut, and it, at the time, I think it was they took like 16 million or 17 million instead of 20 or what. You know what I mean? But that's, I mean, that's nothing for me. Right. And, and that's what I'm saying. If if you could get now, I'm not sure how you can restructure George's deal for next year, but if the extension, I imagine, would have some um, flexibility, right? And then Hayward, you're signing, but, you know, maybe instead of $33 million, he made, you know, $27. I, I don't know. And I don't, I don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to sound like a cap expert, but it doesn't seem unreasonable that these guys would all take a little bit less money to be able to keep that core together for, you know, three or four years. No, yeah, and uh, uh, something I should have mentioned before is that that two hundred and fifty million dollar a year number was, was, was based, based on, on them all getting max deals, right? Well, and Isaiah taking a pay cut at about nineteen to twenty one million dollars a year, which oh. is nine million dollars short of the max. Ooh, so that was already with that factored in. With that factored in, yeah. yeah. So you so. would have to get the other guys to take a significant because you can't have him doing it. You know, you know, I, Isaiah, I can definitely see as somebody that would take a pay cut. If, if you're telling me, I don't know, Brinks truck. If you're you're telling me that an exchange for taking a pay cut of like $4 million or $5 million a year, I can win a championship or multiple or multiple. Right. Yeah. I I mean, I mean, but see, it's easy for us to say that. Because you know, making that kind of money to us is would just be beyond. I, I don't know. I, I I would like to think that there's guys that would do that at the same time, but it, I know it's frowned upon though among the players though because that the players union, you know, they work to get the guys the most money they can get. So I don't know how much of a factor that plays too. You know, you yeah. know, some of the guys like a guy like Chris Paul, who's like the head of the players union, is I don't think you'll see him taking any pay cuts because. He his job is to make sure his players get the most money they can. Yeah, the whole Chris Paul thing is like really frustrating. Uh, head of the Players Association, but what what would his extension be like? T- t- over two hundred million dollars. Oh, now you mean with the Clippers? Yeah, probably. Like I assume that. Yeah, that's, I don't know. And the the whole situation with the Clippers is like so mind numbing mm. because you're shelling out all this money for these guys that don't get past the second round. Yeah. You and know, it's like, what do you, what exactly are you doing? Yeah. And, would it really be the worst thing if, if they, well, I guess if you had Blake and, and Chris Paul walk for nothing, that's terrible, obviously. Yeah. But I mean, they really should <laughs> look in another direction. Yeah. There was this graphic on sports center this morning that if, if they bring back, so uh, DeAndre Jordan has a guaranteed salary next year of like twenty-two point mm-hmm. six million dollars. Yep. And if you bring back both Blake and Chris Paul, Chris Paul at the max, their salary cap for those three guys combined would already be at about sixty-four million dollars. Wow. For those three guys, yeah, to not get past the second round. Right. Yeah. I. I mean. I. I'd. I would say for them, Chris Paul should be a bigger priority than Blake, based on injuries and and whatnot. But but it's just like for what? Uh, I don't know. They're not they're not gonna do anything. Well, I mean, they could try and add somebody else, I guess. I, I like don't know. 
Who, who are they going to add? I don't know. I, well, I heard Paul George wants to play in L.A. Maybe he'll play with them instead of the Lakers. <laughs> I, I, but I, I still don't think that gets them. They could deal DeAndre Jordan for him. Not that I think Indiana wants DeAndre Jordan. but I mean, I think DeAndre Jordan would, would probably get you a, a top 10 pick. Yeah, perhaps. For, for, it for the right team. I don't know. It depends for the right team, right? Like you said. Yeah, yeah. It, um, you know, some teams aren't interested in those big guys anymore. That no, of course. Especially our free throw shooting liabilities and yeah. Drummond, you know. But. Anyway, um, there's some other stuff that's related to the draft, kind of, sort of. Uh, the Suns. <laughs> Sounds like something out of a, out of a bad movie. Oh, the Suns. This is yeah. The, I, yeah. I'm the one that I'm the one that, that that wrote on this the other day. Go ahead. So there are reports that the Suns colluded with with Josh Jackson to not to have him not be drafted by. Did, no, did Boston. you did you see the press conference? I did, no. He said um he Ryan, something so about he played he played within the rules or something like that. So so, so it was Ryan McDonough, right? He yeah. was with the Celtics for like ten years. He was Danny's assistant GM before he got the job in Phoenix. Yep. So, which it was part of the, I mean, we, we, we got IT from him, you know, and probably a lot of that had to do with the familiarity between them. And they were like, oh, you know, we'd really like uh, Thomas, you know, and, and it was an easy deal. And, and we ended up winning, obviously. Yeah. So for whatever reason, um, McDonough was enthralled with Josh Jackson, which I can understand. He's a, you know, free talent, whatever. I can, I can see why you, you, you know, like the particular player. And so apparently, um, all this, you know, all this talk before the draft where it was Jackson was, he wouldn't work out with the Celtics when they had the one pick. And I can kind of understand why a lot of guys didn't want to come to work out with the Celtics just because they figured they were wasting their time. They were going to take faults, right? At least that's what the word was. Yep. Um, still, to me, if I'm a player and I think I'm the best player, I'm trying to prove them wrong, right? And knowing the Celtics liking trading and trading down, they should have, you know, you know, thought that you know, perhaps they're not actually going to take the one pick, you know? But anyways, regardless of that. So then the trade for Fultz goes down. Celtics have the third pick. And then all this talk about Josh Jackson to Boston comes up. They, they, they traded for Josh Jackson, right? Which clearly didn't seem, I, I, I don't think was the case. I don't think Danny didn't take him because he wasn't showing up in Boston. Yeah. Um, but so then the word came out that Jackson wouldn't work out for the Celtics unless they guarantee to work out. Then, you know, it doesn't really work that way. <laughs> And then Jackson, so then they said they would work out. Danny and Brad flew to Sacramento to watch him work out. And he canceled the workout either while they were on the plane or when they got there. And Danny spoke on draft night about this and how it was infuriating. He got stuck in Sacramento with Brad Stevens and, um, what was he with? Mike Zarin, I think. Yeah, Mike Zarin, yep. Yeah, and, um, and he said, "What? What two guys to get stuck in? Uh, uh, you know, city <laughs> Sacramento? <laughs> yeah, right. It was an uneventful, uh, you know, uh, evening." He said, "And um, but they, um, you know, like, and just just the way that that went down. Well, Jackson's agent is B.J. Armstrong, um, I believe the former Bulls, B.J. Armstrong. Um, anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. apparently this collusion between Armstrong and the league was to." I mean, not the league, the Suns, was to keep Jackson away from the Celtics because they wanted him, you know? And and obviously, the the Suns really didn't do anything aside from just basically telling Jackson to stay away from us, you know? And because we're going to take you at four, so, you know, and Jackson wanted to play for the Suns because he thought he could play more right away. Yeah, you know, which which is so short sighted by these guys. You know, know they're because, a terrible team. Yeah, well, I mean, they got some good young players now, so maybe they'll be a better team. But at the same time, it's just you know, let's say that team doesn't pan out, and in three four years that team stinks. Do you think Jackson's going to be signing a long term deal there? Or is he going to find the best opportunity somewhere else where we're a team that can win? You know, it's it it happens all the time. It's it's just it seems silly. Players want to go to a place where they can play more when they're young, but then when they get older, it's like, oh, this place sucks. I need to go somewhere where we can win games. Yeah, yeah. It's also know. like three hundred degrees in Phoenix all the time. So yeah, but yeah. but McDonough said in the press conference that well, we just we didn't do anything outside of the rules. I guess you know, <laughs> like they didn't. You know, I don't know. It's I think probably not really any rules on tampering in terms of telling a player, you know, oh, you shouldn't go work out with that team because you know, yeah, but. It seemed like one one upsmanship from uh, McDonough to his old boss. 
Like yeah. he got the guy that he wanted. And when in, according to Ainge, Tatum was the guy they wanted all along anyway. So exactly. So whether that's true or not, I'm sure he would have said that even if it wasn't true. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Yeah. Uh, Blake opted out. We spoke about the Clippers a little bit. Like literally a few minutes ago, uh, the Clippers. Uh, oh my God, Blake Griffin opted out of his deal with the Clippers. Is he a good fit in Boston? I he okay. He is a good player, but I don't think that he's a good fit for the Celtics. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't be opposed to exploring it if we weren't going to get Hayward. You know, for taking Paul George out of the equation, let's just say we were just looking at getting Hayward or Griffin. I would rather have um, Hayward, you know, every day of the week. But, I mean, I guess I'd be intrigued if it was a three-year three, three year deal with a team option or something like that, and it was going to lead us – you know, we'd, we'd have a rebounding big guy that can score, you know, while we wait for the young kids to grow up. I don't know. He needs to take a pay cut, though, with his injury. Yeah, well, that's the, that's the issue, too, yeah, because, sure. because it potentially could be – for not, you know, if he's hurt like he is every year. Yeah. All right, let's get into some minor storylines before we wrap up. Jason Tatum voted fifth most likely to win Rookie of the Year. I like those chances. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's solid. And I, I think he's at a he's hampered because he may not play a lot. I mean, you look at Jalen last year. I would say that Jalen was one of, if, you know, one of the most promising players last year, but he didn't play enough minutes, especially early in the season, to win Rookie of the Year. I mean, a guy like Brogdon, Got to play a lot down the stretch. You know, Dario Sire played a lot. So, I mean, that's why those guys ultimately, um, they had more of an opportunity. So, yeah. Had Jalen Brown played those kind of minutes, who knows? Yeah. Also, don't think we should put an enormous amount of stock in Rookie of the Year awards. I mean, historically, Rookie of the Years have gone on to have some pretty good careers. Like, I'm just looking at the list of previous Rookie of the Year winners. We got Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew, Andrew Wiggins. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Carter-Williams didn't really work out. Uh, Damian Lillard, Kyrie Irving, Blake Griffin, right. Tyreek Evans, Derek Rose, Kevin Durant. Yeah. You get the point. Yeah, good players. So mostly, yeah, good, decent players. Yeah. Uh, uh, so most of the time they end up having really, really good careers. But, you know, if he doesn't win Rookie of the Year and goes on to have an all-star career, right. that doesn't Paul Pierce didn't win Rookie of the Year, and yet he had a you know Hall of Fame-worthy career. So yeah, always so. we think. There you go, and neither did Kevin Garnett. Right, exactly. You didn't win Rookie of the Year? No. Was that Allen Iverson? No, 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 that wasn't the same year. Was it? 97? No, was it 97? I thought it was 95. 95? No, there's no way. Oh, my God. We should know this one. Wait a minute, this is sad. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to find out right now. Oh, it was 95. Yeah, so I was Uh, right. Fifth pick. Was that Iverson drafted? Yeah, it's Jason Kidd. Oh, it's Jason no. Kidd draft. Okay. Iverson was 97. Oh, okay. All right. My bad. Yeah. Sorry, guys. We're idiots. Wait. Oh, wait. I think, was it Was it two? I think it was co-rookie of the year, Grant Hill and Jason Kidd. Oh, okay. Wow, Grant Hill was 95? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. I would have thought it was earlier than that. But okay. Yeah. These guys are all old. Shaquille, Shaq was 93. I knew. Well, that I knew. Well, at least I, I would have guessed that. You're lying. You didn't know I it. knew that. <laughs> what year was Michael Jordan? Uh, 85. No? Yeah. 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 All right. All right. I'm going to throw, <laughs> I'm gonna throw a curveball at you right now. All right. Larry Bird. What year? Yeah. What year was he rookie of the year? Yeah. Or, yeah, what year was he rookie? Oh, yeah. Um, 78. No. 79. No. What was it? 80? 80. Oh. Yeah. Oops. All right. We're going to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that's it. Um, I mean, I'm going to try to think of any last. No, I think that I think that covers pretty much everything. Anyway, guys, uh, check out the links at the top of Celticslife.com. We have a huge variety of shirts and hoodies in our store. You can't get tickets to the next game. But check it out in October, I guess. Uh, you can find our pod on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, and most podcatcher apps. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, be sure to rate us five stars. If you don't like something or have a suggestion, make sure to let us know with a comment on any Celtics Life article or on 
Twitter with the hashtag CLPod. We're always trying to bring you the coverage, Celtics coverage, you want the way you like it. Is there anything else you want to add, Mark? Not about, um, about rookie of the years that you don't know. Or <laughs> no, <laughs> or anything else? Nope. I'm um, I'm good, man. I'm looking forward to free agency. It's going to be a whirlwind this weekend. Yeah, Saturday's Ju- July first. Let's see. If, hopefully, we're not waiting until July fourth for some more fireworks, but we'll see. Uh, so we'll uh, that that does it for for this episode. So we'll catch you all later this week. Later, guys.